Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara Sands. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Welcome to another episode of Fishers of Men. Today we have an episode with Becky Murdoch. Thank you so much for being here. We are doing an episode today about purity culture and how that has affected how all of us have seen dating Mm. through the years, whether we were growing up in it or we were... Adjacent um, to it. Yes. (laughs) Because as I understand it, it kind of took off kind of like in the 80s, 90s. Well, you and I, Mary Ashley, were kind of like yeah, in the middle school, years. high mm-hmm. school, and then you were probably in college. Little, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've all been affected by it in different states of our puberty and <laughs> growing up and young adulthood life. So I just thought we'd have a conversation today. I'd like to apologize for my sexy phlegm voice. I have been sick for the last two days, so we actually had to postpone this episode. I'm still getting over it, so... Thank you for putting up with it. Just talking to you then, Becky, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, kind of the context of when you grew up starting dating in relation to the purity movement? So in relation to the purity movement, you said before it was probably college for me, and that is exactly when it started. So I started dating, obviously, before college. I went to public high school. I was raised in a Christian home. I didn't have a bunch of Christian friends, though. I wasn't a youth group kid. We were, I don't know, like 45 minutes away from my church, so it wasn't convenient. Mm. I hung out with my friends at school, Mm -hmm. and they were all good kids, you know, like the quote-unquote good kids. But, like, my dating life before college was probably mostly non-Christians. Interesting. Can you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can you back up a little bit? When you say that the purity movement started happening, like, in your college years like how did that kind of creep in if you went to public school then presumably like just a quote-unquote public college (laughs) um (laughs) non-christian college but you grew up in like the church and that uh, christian culture how did it get introduced to you like was it at church from the pulpit was it just like your christian friends from church like how did this um, idea of purity culture get introduced to your life yeah actually um i like i went to public high school and I went to college at home for a couple of years. Okay. And then I transferred to Liberty. Ah. So, and I love Liberty. I <laughs> love my time at Liberty. I should say, yes, I love my time at Liberty. I did not want to go there. It wasn't anything that I had planned for my future. Um, and it's a very long story how I ended up there. But Liberty is where I ended up. So I went from public school and a secular college to very conservative Baptist college where you were told all the time that every date is a potential mate. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure to put on kids. Yeah. There's like no room for exploring when you put that pressure on somebody. Mm -hmm. And that is around the time when I Kiss Dating Goodbye came out. Mm -hmm. Right. So I remember reading that at some point in college. can't remember what year it was. But yeah, everybody, it was... Everybody loved it, and that's how we should date, and we should court, and we should, like, yeah. you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
so it got introduced that way. And I went from not being so great in my dating relationships pre-liberty to being put in this hyper-Christian culture mm-hmm. where I wanted to be perfect. And I needed to be perfect to fit in. So, yeah, I just, I, I was like, okay, this is what we do. This is how we date. Mm. And I, I didn't, I don't want to say I bought, I bought it like hook, line, and sinker. I did not fully engage with it. I thought it was kind of stupid, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, well, this doesn't really make sense. But at the same time, this is what everybody else is doing. So yeah. this is what I'm going to do too. Mm. So what do you mean when you say you were not so great in your relationships pre-Liberty? Well, I dated a lot of guys that weren't Christian or that were nominally Christian, maybe. And mm. I guess I was probably nominally Christian mm. when I was in high school, too. I wouldn't have thought that, but sure, yeah. looking back, I'm like, man, okay. It wasn't that big of a deal to me. So, yeah, I dated. I got pushed too far. Mm. Um, that is, I was dating non-Christian, so I was definitely getting pressured into things that I didn't want to do. Mm. And then did a lot of things that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I went to Liberty. And when I got there, I wasn't a virgin. So I was already the... Black sheep. Yeah. and I, But <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell a lot of people that. Right. But I remember one time when it came out in conversation with a roommate. She was like, oh, you can't tell. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, oh, you don't have a Scarlet A on your... Right. <laughs> and of course, I mean, I know the context in which she said it to me was... She didn't mean anything by it. She was yeah. being sweet. It was a compliment. And I know what she meant by it. Mm-hmm. But it's still, like, looking back, it's like, well, of course not. Like, I, <laughs> no scarlet letter. I'm okay. <laughs> like, you can't just tell when people are walking down the street. Yeah. So, but it's, like, that weird thing. Like, within Christian culture, it's, like, I feel like sometimes people think they can tell. Yeah. So, it's, like, oh, she's the bad girl. And that's, like, I feel like that term just is, like, I wasn't the good girl. I was the bad girl. I had like internally, that was your internal right. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and I mean, like, I don't think anybody ever said that, but definitely when you're hearing stories about these wonderful women that are like just in, like incredible Christians, and you're like, well, I'm not. Mm. Like, I didn't hear those stories of because that's that the one thing up. that's right. going to distinguish you to be a good Christian. Or right. Not. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean. It, <laughs> I think when you're younger, that's what it feels like. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure you and I could relate to this, Mash, like just this whole culture. Because it came out in 1997, I think the book came. I I didn't start, I didn't read it till I got to college like a few years later. What, in what context did you get introduced to the whole, I guess, dating goodbye movement? Um, Through one of my friends who is evangelical or like non-denominational. And she had a copy of the book. Okay. Um, and but like I'm from Kentucky, so it's like in the water, <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> um, you know, like the whole evangelical culture and everything. And so it, and and also when I was a junior in high school, I started going with one of my friends to a non-denominational church, and so they talked about chastity and purity a lot. So I did get like kind of an infusion of it, even though in the Catholic world it wasn't such a big deal yeah but what's interesting is that now catholics are kind of starting to use the same language and i'm starting to get kind of scared oh, <laughs> and no. i want to put out a psa no, don't do it, it. <laughs> like, you should be the warning of like guys i've been in that world i have yeah. friends let's not go yeah there. right no yeah. don't let them do that yeah no. i do want to talk about though 
I mean, I don't want to villainize the whole purity movement because at its roots, obviously, there's some very sound biblical theology behind it. But there's Absolutely. also very twisted sense of theology based on a writing by a teenager. Well, he was like 20. He right? was yeah. 21, actually. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't have much experience. I've heard him do the recanting now mm-hmm. and just yeah. kind of saying the same things that I'm saying. Like, in theory, it's good. But like, I've he's learned some things along the way, et cetera. Right. And I don't think he even saw <laughs> the extent to which people would yeah. take it and the practical realities of what that right. meant. Right. I mean, how could he have? He yeah. was 21. Yeah. Right. That's why I used to say, tongue-in-cheek, of course, that like Joshua Harris ruined my life. And I'm like, <laughs> of course, that is not true. He did not ruin my life. I have an amazing life. I love my life. Mm-hmm. And even if my life was horrible, it wasn't his fault. Um, right. And he wasn't the only one peddling that right. anyway. So. so when I look at that, like people yeah. will blame him. And I know he's had to apologize. And Yeah. yeah. But he's making a documentary now because yeah, of this. Yes. Yeah. I, I think... It's more irritating to me, like, because there is a lot of good information there. Like, you can't just dismiss everything because mm-hmm. purity is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And of course, we want to tell kids not to go out and have sex. Mm-hmm. There, but there's a way to, I think there's a way to do that better yeah. than what we've been doing. But I think, like, when, you know, a book was written by a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. A publisher published it. That was business. It was selling. They published more. Yeah. The church leaders that took that as gospel truth, mm, yeah. that's where the problem is. That's right. where the problem is. They took what is basically a memoir of a 21-year-old's dating life and made us all live by it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. They should not weird. do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So let's take a step back and... I'd like just for us to discuss, like, what have we been taught about dating then? You know, like, we grew up in dating in different eras. <laughs> not really. It's not like you're that much older than us. <laughs> but, I mean, there are differences. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I guess pre and post, I guess dating goodbye is a good indication. But it was only, like, like three years more for me. But, like, what were we taught about dating? Like, what were you told, like, this is how you should date? And I, I totally get that you were in a context in which you didn't fully embrace the Bible, for example, as kind of like your faith yet, but from the church and from just your influ- your Christian influence, what was the correct, quote-unquote, way of dating? I guess, coming from, like, both my parents dated when they were in high school all the time. And to them, like, I was taught, obviously, from my parents, I was taught that you should just go out with a variety of people because that's what dating is. Mm-hmm. Um, Did they tell if, you what a date looked like and all of those things? And Not really. Not that I can remember, at least. Just um, go out, basically. And I didn't date a lot in high school. Mm. My mom thought that was weird because she just... Not that she thought I was weird, but that nobody was really dating. Mm. It wasn't... Everybody mm. went steady or whatever. Mm. <laughs> Whatever we said back then, I don't even remember. <laughs> so everybody, you know, it's like you were going out with somebody. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really, we're going to go get pizza on a Friday night. It was, mm-hmm. we're going to go get pizza on a Friday night, and then we're going to, I have to date you for the rest of my life. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so I don't, I don't really think my parents told me how to date. And when I did start dating, it was 
more, it was in college or after college when I was in Nashville. And then it was just this weird sense of like, I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how to do this. This is weird. I should want to date, but then I don't want to date because I should have kissed dating goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like this weird, like then I was in church and it was just, everything was so convoluted that right. like nobody really knew what they were doing. Yeah. So. I, you know, I, I don't think I ever ta- thought about this before, but until now, um, I don't think my parents ever told me what a date was. Yeah. My parents never or like did. I don't what think. I should expect of a man like to treat me right. Like, what does that look like? Like I've never sat under my parents tutelage about, you know, what that <laughs> looks like. And I think they would, you know, they just assume that I was going to, learn that on my own but it was also kind of a weird place to be because my dad wasn't a Christian my mom was and it was always weird to go to my parents or to my mom to talk about dating so I don't think I really did the whole dating thing anyway because I was just just didn't want to talk to it to her about it <laughs> um and then when I kissed getting goodbye I was like I don't know 18 19 when I read it or something and then that's when I was like okay this is how I'm gonna live my life and so it was just easy because I would just say, oh, to guys, I, I don't date. Like, either, <laughs> right. yeah, either we're together or not, but if we're going to be together, we're courting. <laughs> like, what? Who uh, says that? Like, I don't, I have oh, no idea. <laughs> yeah, no a lot idea. of Christians, yeah. <laughs> and even today. <laughs> right. A lot of people. Uh, <laughs> yes, even today. A lot of people still say that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like you, I don't. I don't remember like ever getting any sort of real advice or directions. Like when I would have crushes on boys, my mom would generally be supportive, but I didn't date a lot, but it was because of like lack of interest <laughs> on the Fair boys enough. part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I, um, I went on a couple dates. I remember at least one or two like my freshman year of high school and then uh, I just it was just unrequited love from then on out <laughs> basically <laughs> so yeah so but I wasn't necessarily in the courtship only camp right because I'm not sure I even necessarily had that because I because I was just purity culture adjacent yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah. well I think I was like cro- like I was just chronically in like with somebody like I always had a crush on somebody oh, yeah well that's like, how I always was yeah so yeah. I think it made it easy for me to also just like no I'm loyal to my crush and I'm not gonna date and then <laughs> the other problem was that I had crushes on the, all these boys that were not Christians mm-hmm. and that was always this like conflict this is a different episode but like that was always <laughs> in conflict and I think that's why I would never want to talk to my mom about it because I knew it was, uh, it was like, an automatic no. Yeah, and and I knew I mean it was an automatic no for myself, but that was a hard thing to process, like growing up and trying to figure out feelings and hormones and all those things, knowing that, you know, whatever this was is not gonna work with this particular person. But yeah, I had to come to LA to date Christian boys, men, whatever, to find <laughs> out. <laughs> What? We'll go with men. Well, yeah, let's let's say men. <laughs> yeah, um, to figure out what that all looked like on the outside, because I was always stuck in my little bubble. Can we talk about more uh, about what the ramifications of purity culture looked like in college and post college for you, and then in terms of your relationships? I'd probably go post college more because it was so new when I was in college. Mm. But getting into 
life after college. I moved to Nashville. I worked in the music industry. I was in the Bible Belt. There were so many Christian boys. There were musicians. I loved it. It was amazing. Mm. And my church, like it's the Bible Belt. My church was very, like they preached that from the pulpit. Mm. I'm like, I'm 25 years old. And they're telling me to live by the purity culture standards. And I don't understand that. Because to me, at 25, I should know how to be in a room alone with a person of the opposite sex mm. and not want to jump on them. <laughs> like, I'm an adult. I can control myself. Like, yeah. you know, like... Yeah. So when you say they were preaching at, like, what sort of guidelines or standards, just to let's just to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they wanted everybody to court. My church... It's a little on the extreme side. So they wanted everybody to court. And, and they, that means exactly... They wanted you to know that you were going to... Not know that you were going to get married, but know that you were willing to pursue that type of relationship with whoever you went out with. Hmm. So you couldn't just go on a date because a new pizza place opened and you wanted to get some pizza. Cool. You had to really pray about it and know... I think, and it was, of course, the guys that had to do this. The girls just had to sit there and wait. Um, oh, so gosh. they had to know, they, the, the guys had to know, like, I really have prayed about this, and I think God is telling me to court Becky. So that's what I'm going to do. And then it was like you had to go to church leadership, which I kind of checked out. I'm like, no. Mm. So you had to go to church leadership to... And talk to them about this. Like, mm-hmm. I want to court this person. And I know people that got told no by the church, and I think that that's weird. I found this out later. Like, <laughs> it's a little church. But courting was such a big deal. To was them. there any, like, I need to call your father and ask permission kind of thing? Or I don't think they cared about your father mm. so much. They cared about the church. They cared Just about the church. The church. Well, wow. Yeah. No, a little extreme. So they, I don't know, they... They were pretty hardcore about it. So then when you are in there, you have a bunch of people. You have people that were raised around purity culture that get it, that are like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people that are like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, no, I like her. I'm going to ask her out. Or I like him. I'm going to ask him out. And then you have, so you have guys asking girls out that they're like, you don't, you want to court me? No, I just want to go on a date with you. You know, it's like Uh, nobody knows. Yeah. There's so many different rules going on and nobody knows how to play by them. Nothing has changed. (laughs) Right. So then you have like me, I would always fall into the, well, I want to be the good, good Christian girl. So I should do this, but then it doesn't really make sense to me. So I don't want to do this. So I was all over the place. Like I was so confused in my twenties dating so it was a weird time. At least you dated in your 20s. I, I, like, did not, I literally did not date all my <laughs> 20s. Just stayed away. It's like, I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, I had, like, one relationship and then went, like, years and years and years with zero dates. Mm-hmm. so weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, do you know that what the church leadership was looking at? Or were they, like, considering if two people could be, like, compatible life partners? Or <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know Hmm. that's a whole other conversation yeah um Mm. i don't really know what they were looking at i know that they like to set people up i know that they like to guide people and be like you should go ask 
like, mm, I don't really know why that's a good match, but they yeah. seem to think it was. So then they kind of like put it together. Yeah. Very weird huh. situation. Um, How big was your church? It was like 1,500 people maybe. Oh, that's oh a big a, pool. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It was a big church. But I don't know. I think everybody was just confused. Yeah. That's how mm-hmm. I can sum up like what the purity culture has done and I think it continues to do. Mm-hmm. We're all just confused on how we date. Yeah. Or don't date or what it looks like. And everybody was... Like, when you go into something and you have to know, like, if it's courtship, and it's like, I have to know that I want to pursue a long-term relationship with this person, you have to know pretty quick whether you want to get married. Like, so every, then, if you are asked out, then it becomes, oh, well, he wants to marry me. Even, oh, gosh, like, yeah, so you know, much like, pressure. Like, even if you're not, I mean, you know you're not going to get married tomorrow, it's still, it's like, there's a lot of pressure because yeah. when you're courting, oh, he seriously wants to pursue me. Um, but then on the flip side, I think women, when they liked a guy, it became like, oh, she wants me to court her. So then I have to, she wants to marry me. It all became, they want to marry. Everybody wanted to marry everybody. Yeah. And everybody just really wanted to go on a date. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think that's still the case. We all just, everybody yeah. wants to date. transition into the the problem of the purity culture and like what has it how has it scarred the way the the last couple generations have thought about dating because you bring up a point where it's like now there's this stigma I'm gonna ask this person out and suddenly like are we gonna get married down the line the pressure is there from the beginning and that makes for a generation of men who are not asking women out and we did a episode of this mm-hmm. called why won't guys make a move and i think uh it has been directly affected by this whole thing this whole mentality of it yeah. can't be a casual thing yeah because that's sinful like oh, i don't want to play with people's hearts yeah and, like like you said we're adults we should learn and we should know how to be in mastery of our behavior or our feelings to some degree at least to one another right right well, yeah because in courtship you're not supposed to be alone mm-hmm. right. right that's the thing yeah. i think yeah. yeah again in principle in theory yeah maybe that works but not when i live in la by myself and <laughs> you know you have a, your transportation is your car and like yeah you're right. gonna be alone with your date because or whatever you know I mean, that's but, just life it's just I mean, life it's yeah. just part of life and as adults i think that we should be able to discern whether we should be alone with somebody. Right. Like, if I don't want to be alone with somebody, I will not be alone with them. Right. But that I is fine. And we're adults. We can figure it out. It's almost insulting to assume right off the bat that no one can ever be alone together or else babies will ensue. You know? Right. Because like, <laughs> it's like, no, can't we hold ourselves to a higher standard of, yeah. you know, and you're right. right. Like, can't we judge for ourselves, like, what's a legitimate, you know, Catholics called near occasion of sin. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I remember I couldn't even go to the movies. Like when I was in high school, I couldn't go to the movies with a guy unless it was with other people. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't want to blame my mom for everything, but I think it was just being caught up in this culture. And like I said, self-admittedly, I, I got caught up in, in it myself even. 
just having the wrong idea of what it means to be what what self-control looks like Mm -hmm. and how to really date without leading people on like no one gave me those tools in a in a healthy sense yeah because obviously intentionality is good but then the hyper intentionality Mm -hmm. it's scary it's scary yeah and then and then we don't even know how to act when we're not even trying to date like with each other right you know that is very real i think like when you're looking at teenagers like let our moms off the hook like yeah there there has to be a way to guide your teenagers but yeah you don't want them they do need guidance your brain is not fully formed when you're a teenager like you have impulse control issues yeah (laughs) there are things like hormones can go crazy like Mm -hmm. you mean there are so many things that can go on so it's like yeah you want to wrangle your kids in a little bit but I think teaching them how to date we've all kind of said that our parents didn't teach us how to actually date it was just don't have sex Mm -hmm. like (laughs) don't have sex that's the standard Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point about the teenagers because yes our kids needs needs guidance our kids need guidance and teenagers go into that category but I think it's also the way we do it right I think that's what you're alluding to it's not just saying hey don't have sex or don't go on a date because you're gonna have sex implying that or whatever but it's actually talking them through like this is why teaching them responsibility as they're getting older and giving them a little bit more as they get older Mm -hmm. and not just scarring them with this notion that like I'm a sinner and I'm going to be in I'm going to be 24 and still not know how to date because I'm going to be not in control of myself and having you know understanding that okay that's a teenage brain because that was never told to me but you know I was never not that my mom said like you're going to be out out of control once you get older (laughs) but like that's the implication because you're not talking to them in modes like you're not talking to your kids or I wasn't talked to like okay as a teenager like I get you're get you're growing older but you're still developing things and right. like blah 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 and you blah. need these rules and, yeah yeah but of course do we ever want to listen to our parents anyway right you know, no but... but I also think that even though I would not have listened to my parents I, I mean I love my parents and I listened to them but I was the obstinate teenager I was an only child everything was always my way mm. so but I don't know I think. When you have the conversations, things sink in. So mm-hmm. when you are making those decisions, like as a teenager, you can hear your mom in the background, or you can hear like, yeah. like the little like angel on the shoulder, like yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I I shouldn't do this, and mom's right. Like so, hopefully, most of us will come out on the other side, mm-hmm. relatively unharmed. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is another thing. The uh, not being harmed like leading into heartbreak Mm. like guard your heart is such a big thing in the purity movement Mm. which i think is a good thing but i'm not sure we know how to do it well i think it's i mean the bible clearly says that we should guard our heart yeah but it doesn't say guard your heart against romantic relationships and that's what the right purity movement kind of they kind of commandeered that yeah verse and it was just like this this is what it means don't get hurt yeah. And I think that getting hurt is part of growing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We get hurt in our, um, our, just our regular friendships. We get hurt with our family members. We get hurt by people. Mm-hmm. Having your heart broken in the purity movement was seen 
as such a horrible thing. Like, don't get your heart broken. But that also means you can't put your heart on the line. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, to move forward in any relationship, you have to you have to put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable. Right. Yeah, I think to a certain degree, and I, I think this is where we kind of lose understanding of how to do this because, mm-hmm. you know, you can be in an accelerated relationship and just, like, vomit feelings uh, way too soon. You know, Absolutely. there's, you know, we talk, we put so much emphasis on, like, don't be intimate physically, don't have sex before marriage. But we don't often talk about, like, guarding your intimacy of emotion before it's time, too. Yeah. Because you could be dating a week and have, like, the greatest time in the world and, like, spill everything about yourself to this other person. And then it doesn't work out, and then this person has a piece of you. you. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we think about that. I mean, I'm sure... Well, I don't know. I, we... Emotional chastity is a phrase that's starting to get thrown around a lot. And so I think that people are talking about it. But I think that there's a danger now with what you're talking about is, uh, at least I'm talking kind of from the Catholic perspective. Mm-hmm. Like people are starting to talk a lot about emotional chastity, mm-hmm. which is good because, yeah, like we need to move on from just physical chastity. But at the same time, we can't go to the other extreme thinking that heartbreak is the worst thing that will ever happen to you. Because right. I feel like I was a little stunted in not developing resilience. Right. And not being able to handle a heartbreak in a healthy way. Right. Yeah. I, I totally can see that. Yeah. I I had quite a few really big heartbreaks when I still had my... My mom was really great at those. Mm. <laughs> she was there when I needed her for those. Yeah. But yeah, I know a lot of people who are nearing 40 that have never really had their... Like, never had their heart broken in the context of a relationship. They might have had their heart broken in like an unrequited love kind of situation, mm-hmm. which... It's still heartbreak. I'm not discounting that. Sure. Yeah. It is, but it's different. But yeah. yeah, like you've never had to like go through a breakup. You've never had to deal with what that is. Mm. And I don't think you should throw your heart out there to everybody that walks past you. Right. But there is a point of letting your heart be open mm. to breaking and like because... Yeah. I mean, any... With great risk, there's great reward. Well, right. yeah. And then yeah. there's the whole vulnerability problem that seems endemic in our culture anyway. Like, we're, you right. know, right. And, and then we go to unhealthy coping mechanisms. Yes. You yeah. know, we don't do that well, at all. My, my, my point was not to be completely on guard about sharing your emotions. Um, yeah. But it's more about time. Like, you know, yeah. not like you meet somebody and it's great for a week and you're in that honeymoon stage, like being careful about what you do reveal about yourself, like maybe six months down, maybe not that long, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a certain rhythm to a relationship that we should be more cognizant of than just, I'm not saying we here necessarily, but just like society. Yeah. You know, we're so, especially as teenagers, right? Like we're, our emotions are everywhere. So we, we feel everything legitimately when we're younger, it everything is so much bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've learned that in some psychology classes. <laughs> I think as part of learning how to be intimate, because even you could, there's a certain intimacy, like physically, that you share before marriage that's okay. I'm not saying sex. Like, I'm just saying, right, like, you know, hand-holding and, like, cuddling. And, like, there's certain things, but you're not going to, you shouldn't be doing that necessarily, like, right off the bat. Right. And I just think that yeah. there's a timing and a rhythm for everything. Yeah, there's a context. Sure. And, 
And like, I don't necessarily know what that looks like. And I don't think it's the same for everybody. I think everything is di- everybody's mm-hmm. different. But I think it's a matter of being honest with yourself mm-hmm. and knowing yourself, which I don't think we do well. Mm-hmm. Me, totally included. And being honest mm-hmm. with others. Which yeah. is something that I think we can take from the purity movement. of yeah. The whole like declaring your like what's going on and what your intentions are and kind of being on the same page about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and it what being you're doing. and it being okay for me to say I want to go out with you and just see where it goes yeah. and like yes. be fine with like we might not get married but you know this is fun and I know we've talked about it before where maybe that context is maybe I'm not going to be making out with every person that I'm doing that with like <laughs> that I feel like that's where it gets kind of tricky you know like when you yeah. are crossing yeah. physical boundaries like yeah. kissing yeah you know like just they're technically okay but still like yeah. crossing some right. sort of line still, like, <laughs> yeah. there's an emotional pull there yeah, yeah. Like, there's especially not especially for women but women hormonally react different to that yeah. like mm-hmm. men it might not be yeah that big of a deal to them women we're gonna get attached you start making out with somebody yeah. <laughs> your mm-hmm. heart is just more tender to that mm-hmm. yeah and i think just being aware of that and being sensitive to what whoever it is you're dating knowing that that could create something like that mm-hmm. instead of erring on the side of selfishness of like but i just want you right now you know like, <laughs> which i you know i can't <laughs> or i just want to be wanted right now <laughs> yeah right. or i just want to yeah. be wanted that, right now yeah which definitely a thing totally yeah i totally yeah I get it. Yep. Full stop. (laughs) Purity culture on today's way of dating. Like, we talked a little bit about kind of the backlash, but how has that affected you personally and how you date now? And how have you taken that into? the way you look at dating relationships or, or did how, you have to do a detox yeah purity being, culture? yeah rebel against it completely <laughs> um we alluded to the fact that we we believe that there were some good things yes. so like what are those some good things and then what are the things that probably should have been thought of differently from the beginning i don't know i how i date now is i don't really date a whole lot mm. i try and i feel like most of my friends try, but we're not dating a lot. Now, is that because either just men aren't um, making a move, like in our episode, or you're not finding interest? Or, like, what what's kind of the reason behind that you think? Like, is it just, like, my pool is small? and I... Part of that, part of the pool is kind of small, and trying to expand your pool, like online dating. It's like, oh, my goodness. Who wants to do that? <laughs> um I'm pretty sure most of my matches on Match.com are, like, their uh, mugshot pictures. I'm like, really? <laughs> Thanks, this is who I'm getting matched with. So. Like, yeah. yay. I've even gotten letters from actual prisoners before. <laughs> like, like, on oh online dating. Yeah, that they're like, oh, hey, I'm in prison for blah, 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 but I'm getting out pretty soon. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, I've never had that. Yeah. I am so sorry because that does not make you feel good. No. You're no. like, oh. It's not necessarily people I was matched with by the algorithm, but like I but somehow still, get messages like, from them. Yeah. This is I'm who like, thinks I'm pretty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It doesn't it's, make them wrong. No, it yeah, does not. No, it doesn't. It does not 
done but that. it's still it's like when you're single it's like those little things it's like yeah. well yeah it's like I never thought like is my deal breaker being in prison <laughs> right <laughs> where is that line? where's the line yeah like, well, well what did, what are you in prison for right and that becomes a question like is it a felony I don't know what you were you prison falsely for? accused right <laughs> maybe I can work with that like yes um, that's hilarious, but not hilarious at all. I feel your pain. So you're being matched with mugshots. Like, right. It's, it's, it's harder. Like the older you get, I think it just gets harder. And I can yeah. say that because I was 32 and I was 35 and there's a whole lot of other stuff that comes in when you get older. It's like you hit the point of like, I probably can't have kids anymore. Like mm-hmm. by the time I get married and like, you know, if you like you start to do the girl math and like, yeah. well, we meet somebody today. Like I'm not meeting anybody today because I'm here. So <laughs> maybe like, tomorrow. So tomorrow. Um, so then that's another day. And then you start doing the math. It's like, okay, well, I'm 42. I'm not dating anybody. I'm probably not having kids. And then I'm like, do I even want kids anymore? So you start to like mm. go through all of these things when you hit your like late thirties yeah. when that math becomes important. I don't know. Dating I you in LA it's hard. I went to an event the other night that was for people that are supposed to not want to, not want to have sex right away. Right like, away. Right. So I mean, it's like and that could mean like so it doesn't it's supposed to be like whether the person that hosted it was a Christian. But it's she's not putting like stuff specifications on like when you're having sex, mm. but but just like not like, a hookup. It could be yeah, like it could be after marriage, or it could be like in two months. But it's not going to be on the first few dates. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of appreciated that. Yeah. There were five guys there and twenty five women, oh. so that didn't go well. One of the guys was gay, so that didn't work for anybody there. I don't think because I think he was the only gay guy. Oh. Um. So like, but I'm like, well, that wasn't great. But, yeah. So everybody kind of left with nobody. But it was an interesting concept because that is part of the pressure of online dating is yeah. it's like even when you look into the Christian like realms, it's, yeah, I'd hook up with somebody. Like, well, I don't want to date somebody that wants to hook up. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to hook up. That's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. So then it's like you get that judgy Christian like, well, how they can't be a Christian if they're like just going to hook up with everybody that walks past them. So, like, it's just so difficult, like, being out there. And then I don't think Christian guys ask you out as much. I don't think – I've dated non-Christian guys recently, and they've definitely pursued me. Yeah. And – That's what makes it so hard. And it feels good. And I – It's nice to be pursued. One of those relationships ended not so great. And I'm, like, now I'm, like, I don't want to date non-Christians anymore. But they're still the only ones that are really asking yeah. yeah. Or like the like the Christians that are like, it's I'm Christian, but it's not important to me. Like because that's a category on like OK Cupid or something. Oh yeah. Or I'm okay. Christian and laughing I'm about laughing it. about it. Yeah. I'm cool. like <laughs> that's a. Okay. I'm like yeah. I don't even know what that means. I'm right. like okay. The funniest ones though are I'm atheist and laughing about it. I'm like what does that mean? I know. <laughs> I'm like so, so does that mean you're actually agnostic? Yeah, I know. Yeah, because like, I can see if it's like, oh, you grew up with a family and like now you just think it's kind of funny and not, you know, you don't sure. take it seriously, but like, right, atheism? <laughs> right. I'm like, What's funny about that? Okay. <laughs> like, Whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't know what you believe, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who wants to date that? No. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, 
yeah, it's Christian guys don't ask people out. And in my experience, and in most of my female friends' experiences, they're not being asked out either. So I know it's not just me, but then you do you go out with the non-Christian guys, and then it's like sex becomes an issue, and then it's like, yeah. do I, am, am I really going to like long-term be with somebody who's not a Christian at this point in my life? No. But then I'm like, well, I'm also not having kids. Is it that important? But of course it is. Mm. So then you just kind of stop really wanting to date because then it just becomes frustrating. And I'd rather hang out with my friends. I mean, I yeah. have so many other things to do in life yeah. that I'd rather right. just be with friends right. than go out on bad dates. Yeah. So then do you date? Do you not date? And on the flip side, I say that guys aren't asking people out. I know guys that ask people out all the time. There are very few guys that I know that are Christians that do this. And they get turned down. Mm-hmm. So I listen to all my female friends say, nobody asked me out. And I hear my male friends that are asking women out, and they're saying no. So it's like, we kind of just have to start saying yes, unless there are major red flags. Like, yeah. there are some things, obviously, you say no to. But... Just give if, it a chance. Right. Yeah. I mean, just because he isn't your ideal... Or she isn't your ideal. Well, to do that, we'd have to go on casual dates. <laughs> right. And I, like, I think that that's, it's so sad that we just can't do that. Yeah. I'm reading How to Find a Date Worth Keeping by Henry Cloud. Hmm. And I don't know when it was written. I was going to check before I came, but I had to have been. I don't know. It's been out for a while. How to what? How to Find a Date Worth Keeping. And I, it makes me sad that that book didn't take off in Christian circles because he's a fan of casual dating. It's like if you're not dating to get married, then you can date anybody. Just go out with them. Go get coffee. Go get pizza. Go to a museum because there's a great exhibit. Just go hang out with somebody. That's yeah. how you know who you are compatible with. Exactly. It's yeah. not a recipe for getting divorced. Like, I think that was part of the purity culture. Like, right. dating will just teach you because how to get divorced. you just won't take relationships seriously. And, right. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's part of finding out who you are as a person. Right. And I think when you try to date, like, because there are a lot of people that want to date, but when you try, it's like you still, even though you, like, I'm not doing the purity movement thing. I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not subscribing to that train of thought. It's still in your brain. That's how you were trained to date. So it's like, well, she doesn't have everything on the list, so I'm not going to ask her out. Or, mm. well, he asked me out, but he, you know, well, he's a Christian, but that's about the only thing he has on my list. It's, I, maybe he's sh- shorter than you like. Maybe he's taller. Maybe he's fatter. Maybe he's thinner. Maybe he's, like, there are a whole bunch of ways that don't matter right. in dating. You can fall in love with, anybody if you give them a chance give somebody a chance and I think that we would I don't know we'd all be less frustrated yeah (laughs) just give it a chance that's why like online dating has become kind of toxic is because it also kind of trains us to just look at the characteristics of a person whereas when you're in person you might have chemistry with someone that you did not expect, Absolutely. you know, and then also the sim- the flip side, there's someone that might be perfect on paper and then you get together and it's like, yes. mm, nope. we can't have a conversation. <laughs> like there's just nothing here, you know? Yeah. But like online dating, especially when you're just looking at someone's profile, that's basically all you have is to look at 
Yeah. Just the details and looks, you know. Yeah, you look at a picture. It's like you see a picture. If you like the picture, you click on it, and then you read the details. Normally, you don't read the details unless you like the picture. Yeah. So you are going on looks. I mean, sometimes you might just read them just because. Right. But most of the time, yeah, it's looks, and then it's, oh, we're a 91% match. But, like, the one thing that is causing it from being 100% match is he doesn't share your same faith or Mm -hmm. like it's like all these things can be perfect but it's not like the big things don't Mm -hmm. so i just looked it up and when you're done reading it i would love to borrow it (laughs) okay but it was published on valentine's day 2005 oh that was a little bit later than i thought yeah but yeah it sounds like a good book yeah and i mean he's a christian he's a psychologist i think a psychologist yeah um and i'm a super huge fan of casual dating like yeah it's fun that's yeah. when dating is fun right and then also you you're so right like it, you learn so much about yourself and then you also just learn so many valuable lessons like life lessons when you know about how to interact with people you know because now we're just all always on our phones all the time and yeah, we don't yeah. even know how to have in-person conversation yeah it's hard you know? <laughs> So, like, I, I think that there's just so much and that there are ways to put boundaries to it so that you don't get the immediate heartbreak or, you know, as yeah. long as we're honest. Yeah, I agree with that. Because coming out of the purity movement, I just thought, oh, dating around, that just seems like a waste of time. You're just wasting everyone else. Like, I just had this negative thought about it without actually ever having done it, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's something to be said about just casually going on dates and calling them dates with people that you find interesting interesting that you you think like hey you're cool like yes we're not gonna make out on the first date or the second or the third maybe like let's be friends with dates and just acknowledge like we have a good time and have no pressure on like what that means for our relationship like it doesn't have to be this thing where either we're gonna come out of this as being like dating as betrothed yeah <laughs> or or like never speaking to each other again right like, right you don't have to have either exchange, yeah yeah you know and what makes that much easier is when you are careful about what you do together right on those dates you yeah know? right and that's the other lie from purity culture i think is that you know like your heart is broken and you're kind of like whenever you do go courting or expressing romantic interest in someone then after that the relationship's ruined and you can't be in uh, you can't ever be around each other yeah so you know true. yeah yes. yeah it's so not true and it's just that's that's a myth that i would like to see busted in yes i agree circle, you know because it's like well at what point are you ceasing to value someone for the whole person that they are and objectifying them as this person as as basically their role and what they were to you you know like yeah that's my soapbox speech (laughs) you can take your five minutes and be hurt and like if oh he does he didn't like me it didn't work out and like move on and just yeah you can still be friends you can be around somebody who rejected you and it's still fine and ultimately i think it helps us with our relationship with god because Eventually, you start to see the wisdom of God, and sometimes it not working out, you know. Yeah. Um, if you're, Absolutely. Yeah. But if you just, like, cut people off and you don't, like, you know. I don't know. It's been, it's been very good for me to be able to see 
a few months or years after I'm like, ooh, dodged a bullet, <laughs> you know, right. oh, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted so much to work out. And, but it's because I, and it's also, you know, very, it's been good for my heart to have to remain friends with someone that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I wanted to work out with or, you know, yep. and it didn't. And I had to get over that and I had to learn how to heal from that. And then now, you know, I had to learn how to forgive and I, I have to learn how to love this other person and it's made me a much better person, I think. Yeah, I have one example where I had a huge crush on somebody that was a good friend, like for the first three years I was out here, and then I finally told this person that I had feelings, and he didn't reciprocate, which was totally fine, and it was my only example in my life where it was fine. Like, yeah. the mm-hmm. next day, we were... It was just It was just like nothing happened, you know? Like... I mean, of course, he was sensitive about it, um, but it was, it didn't feel weird. It was like the one time in my life where I felt like I was putting it out there, got rejected, but then was able to just stay good friends with this person, yep. even till now. And yeah. I, I think it's possible. So, you know, there is hope. <laughs> and there's <laughs> not... I mean, I think to a degree, it's it could be true that men and women, um, there's, a, there's a point in time where that might be... Uh, iffy as far as like staying close and staying yeah. friends because you know there are definitely some people yeah. you don't yeah. need to be friends yeah, with yeah, yeah. absolutely but you know it is possible you know we, I'm sure we can all cite examples where we have guy friends in our lives that are just that yeah. like no one has feelings for one another we're yep. good friends we are all on the same page it could be yeah. you know so yeah I think the term casual dating like I love I, that is where dating is fun to me. And I think that it gets such a bad rap because we live in a hookup culture. Right. And yes. Even like in Christian circles, it's like it's seen as not good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. left over from purity movement, but it's also, I don't know, it's like this weird thing if you're like going out with somebody different every night of the week. Yeah. And that's like, what yeah, my guy friends have told me that like they're like, I don't want to be that guy who's asking out every girl in the circle, you know, or like in the young adult group or in church. And I'm like, but that shouldn't matter. <laughs> you know, right. like, like I'll jump back to my mom. Like my mom, when she talks about dating when she was in high school, she was like, I, we dated everybody. Like she went to a youth group. It was a big youth group. But they all dated each other. Yeah. They were just all friends. Yeah. And they were all dating. And then there was a time when you, like, went steady with somebody. Mm. Yeah. But, and then you defined that relationship. Right. Yeah. Which is another thing that we don't like to do. Right. I'm like, but they actually had a conversation and they would define that relationship. But before that, you could go with Tom to the the movies on a Saturday night and then you could show up at a party on Sunday with Steve. Like it doesn't matter because yeah. you weren't. That's just what everybody did. <laughs> right. Everybody was doing that. They weren't hooking up. I mean, of course there are always teenagers that are doing like that are having sex and that are doing like, but mm-hmm. like for the most part, like everybody was just like, <laughs> let's hang out. We're hanging yeah. out. They were friends. They went out. If they wanted to go out again alone, they were like, oh, I kind of liked him. I think I will go out with him again if he asked me. Yeah. yeah, and then maybe it leads to a relationship, but it was just this casual thing, and everybody was just going out and having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it that was their culture. Yeah, 
yeah. it was just understood. They had that like common yeah. sort of language. Yeah. Yeah. Versus now where we don't like yeah. calling something a date is so intimidating. You know, so we do have these like euphemisms mm-hmm. like, oh, we're gonna hang out, mm-hmm. or we're gonna Netflix what and chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I do that with my girlfriends. What does that mean with you? Like, yeah, you're a boy. I don't know. Yeah, do you like me or not? You know, and I mean, again, there's okay. It's okay to have that amb- ambiguity in like the beginning. Like sometimes right. it takes time for you to realize, like, oh, I do like you. you're my friend, Absolutely. but I, I think I do like you in a different way. You know, but. I, I think our point is that people need to step up and just be not just afraid of the word date. Get to know yeah. yeah. It do, there has there doesn't have to be this pressure. Yes. Yeah. It, it should be fun. Dating should actually should be, be fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should enjoy this season in life. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And we should all get over ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Is that a good word to end? On that note. (laughs) Go out and date. Yes. (laughs) From the team here at Fishers of Myth. (laughs) Well, I think that's a great place to end. Go out, have fun, go date, and say that you're going on dates. And don't confuse anybody anymore. Just just go do it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But thank you so much, Becky, for joining us for this episode of Fishers of Men, talking about purity culture, and hopefully we can have more conversations. I feel like there's more that we can pull. To be mined here. Yeah, there's <laughs> more here. So um, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. Follow us on Twitter at at LA Gone Fishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Laura Sanders-Sams. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. And until next time, keep swimming.